Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Whatever Spectrum Media. Would you all mind introducing yourselves? Yeah, no problem. Um, my name is Lori, uh, Lorielle Evans. Um, I am a collaborator with Whatever Spectrum Media Collective. Um, yeah, I go to UMaine. I don't know what else to say. Cool. Uh, I'm Will Moran. Uh, I'm a film student at Sarah Lawrence, and I've been collaborating with Whatever Spectrum for about four years now, um, and we're continuing our work with a new summer project, uh, and yeah. Cool. Uh, I am Samantha Spencer. I am an educator and filmmaker, and um, Whatever Spectrum Media started out of a collaboration with a group of young people. Um, it originally started as something called the Queer Film Club. Um, it came out of a LGBTQ program um, that I taught and they were participants in. And it really has turned into a collective of young people um, who have various levels of experience in filmmaking as well as professional filmmakers um, and educators. And it's a place where we're looking to disrupt the hierarchy seen in um, in filmmaking and Hollywood filmmaking in particular, but even in independent filmmaking, um, looking to uh, create stories that are stories of joy and not stories you often see about um, young people and black people and queer people and refugees and immigrants, but really stories that are um, about, about joy and humor and ridiculousness and all the things that we know are part of the human experience, but we just don't get to see often in media. Um, so much media is really around looking at violence, particularly when we're talking about black and brown youth. And um, we all know that that experience is not one that captures the nuanced and complex experience that young people actually have. I think that that's a really interesting kind of jumping off point for a project is just kind of like the search of the, sh the search of showcasing joy. Because I think that um, in a lot of artistic practices, that's seen as like very baseline and very like not, not really an exciting thing to explore. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, and like, and so like in those practices, more complex and heavy emotions are sought after but I love the fact that like this is just an effort to showcase like I love that joy is kind of the north star here yeah, yeah and I, I think joy and pain are intrinsically connected I should say that like I, I think yeah, that our pieces right. are a lot of our pieces are really dark there's joy but there, there's a, a real recognition of, of trauma as well and sorry Lori I cut you off no I was just gonna say that um some of my favorite parts about movies are when like you are witnessing someone go through so much um throughout the film and then them still like being able to appreciate the joy that they gained or whatever lessons that they learned from it um it's and to be able to showcase that work especially for black and brown communities uh, so much of what's a part of film now what's a part of film today is in these black and brown communities are, are violence and you know things that don't necessarily speak to the soul and um everyone can relate to joy and happiness and it should be shown um especially in these communities um because it, you don't see it as much in the media today um that's just what i wanted to say well 
Yeah, uh, I think our first project, Rabbits, uh, uh, there is, def is definitely joyful, but probably more on the dark side. Uh, and then I think we realized that uh, we wanted something with more uh, just comedy. Uh, so then our summer project last year that we shot and our editing, um, we really just embraced that, the humor. Uh, and uh, so I think it's definitely something that's evolved that we've kind of, we weren't immediately uh, n n knowing that we wanted to do that. Uh, but now we do. <laughs> and I think joy is something that's very uh, becoming rare now. Um, so, yeah. Yes. I love, so I watched Rabbits before we started, uh, before we started recording, before we interviewed y'all. And I think one of the things that I love about that, along with your mission, is just the idea that, um, you know, it is dark, but it's dark in a way that would normally be for like white dudes in a basement with a podcast. You know what I mean? Like exploring this apocalyptic sensibility is like really fun to me for like, for like basically not for, for ha for having a story that features people of color that isn't like stereotyping mm -hmm. is, is what I think a lot of folks are, are hungry for right now. Yeah. You know, like everyone um, thinks about the apocalypse. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we love the right. of your high school, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, like dark absurdity is is something that, like, it's a different, it's different. I I, th I thought that was so refreshing. Yeah, and um, I, 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 I like, want to oh, say sorry, real ahead. quick about those stories is that the stories all come from real experiences of young people. So that rabbits was originally the kind of working title was cry bathroom and it came from so the two young women in the film were founders of this queer film club um diana and anais as well as will and myself and um it really just came out of these organic conversations just about our lives we always do whether it's in my classroom or in films we do high low so it's really this opportunity to throw out you know with your boundaries what good is happening in your life what's not so good and uh, Diana shared a story about her and her friend would go to this bathroom they called the cry bathroom and they would just skip class and have these really deep conversations. So I think it's really important to talk about the ways that the films are created too. They're really created from real experiences that young people have had. And then we think about, well, do we want to add fantasy to that? Um, you know, which Rabbits does. Our new film, which is like our working title, is the show. It adds much more of a like slapstick comedy to the real experiences of, of young people. So, um, but all of it is rooted in actual experiences that young people have had. And that's part of the writing and revision process. Yeah, Sam, there's so much. Uh, when I read the script for the, the show, there was so After being in your classroom, your digital media classroom at Sullivan, uh, high school uh, I just really it just almost it's almost like a documentary or it's a sort of blurred mm -hmm. line because you took uh, the personalities of all of your you know digital media students and your poetry students uh, these students that you've really built connections with and you really you put uh, so many of those little anecdotes into the film um, so it really did so I could really, I could really see, I could really see these these kids in the film, and that's that was like your goal is to capture their natural, uh, like their personalities, um, and and their interesting, you know, like uh, Rachel with her uh, putting those bedazzle things on everything, um, you know, she did that in real life, she did that to my computer when we were working, and then that's part of the film. <laughs> 
so I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Also, I. Oh, oh I was just gonna say that um, it actually makes me like kind of weary of the. Well, not weary. Um, sad for the people who watch because they don't get to like absorb these amazing like personalities of the people who are in the film and just like getting to see it kind of translated in more of a, a um i feel like indirect way on uh camera it's just it's and especially seeing the little sub subtleties like um i'm happy that i have them in my mind but <laughs> um i really hope they translate for anyone else who watches it um i think that it, it really should because it's based on reality um as sam and what we're saying well, and that it it would make sense to me that it that it would just because I think that adding in I think that it's I think that it's really smart to add in like very subtle quirks for on-screen characters because I think that oftentimes on-screen characters are painted with like very broad strokes. Mm-hmm. And it it makes them seem larger than life mm-hmm. where like you know, maybe on stage, like, a character with, like, very la- broad strokes, you know, and seeming larger than life helps in kind of that amplification of mm-hmm. personality. But with a medium as intimate as film, like, having those little quirks and having those little in- intricacies, like, even if you don't know the people, you're like, oh, wow, like, that person seems so real and grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to touch on, I want to talk more about um, about your current project, but I, before that, I want to just ask one more question about something that you brought up when you were talking about, like kind of like whatever Spectrum's media uh, uh, mission statement um, is. You know, one of the things we talk about a lot in different genres of or, or uh, different mediums rather is um, this idea of of trying to bridge the disparity that like elitist art forms can create, and I think film is a really interesting. Uh, playground, I guess, for that. There's a better word for that, but what you know what, what I'm saying is, it's an interesting like you because you bring up the idea of of um, Hollywood and then that level of disparity. Um, and I find that's fascinating, but I'm also curious, like, how much has the element of like academic and scholarly film study played into your work? Has that been something that you've seen, like wanting to bridge that that gap, or is that is it is film different in that way? Yeah, you know, in some ways, film to me is like, uh, so, you know, I worked in independent film in Chicago and and did a couple projects that were pretty successful, ended up getting to go to Tribeca and got nominated for a stifled creatively, I was not interested in cloud and capitalism, and it just... It, you know, I come from a world of education and and, and, and kind of a world where I am um, trying to uplift voices of vulnerable people, myself included in that, in that at times. And, and just filmmaking spaces didn't work for me. They didn't feel like creative spaces. So for me, um, when I left that world and went back to education, I really kind of wanted to throw out everything that I learned there. And I think whatever Spectre Media, you know, I'm very lucky that I work as a teacher because that means that I have an income coming in and I'm part of a union and I'm very grateful for that because it allows me to take creative risks because it's not my primary source of income. And so whatever Spectre Media is all grant funded and really we're, you know, we're a little bit of an experiment. Like we talk about 
like how complex it is to make films without a hierarchy because it's always been based on hierarchy. And I think we're also learning that. And that's what the collective is, is like a space where we can all learn those things collectively. So, um, you know, like L'Oreal came in as a senior, I think after her senior year of high school, she came in to be the second AD on Rabbits. And then in our film that we did last summer, she was the first AD. Um, and then on this next film, she's going to be, you know, a producer and a director on the film. Um, and L'Oreal really, as a just a graduated senior, changed the way that we practice. And L'Oreal, can you tell that story that I always love to tell about how you really kind of brought a different community practice to what we do? Yeah, for sure. Um... As Sam and Will mentioned before, like a lot of our, a lot of the inspiration for the movies that we create are based on real life experience from students, and I am lucky enough to um, have been one of the poetry captains for that for. We lost for something that goes um, where we are. You able to hear me? We lost it for like a second. If you could just basically like. Go Can back you to start poetry. that thought over? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in poetry, um, we do um, a workshop, or uh, I, I don't know what I would call it, a workshop um, called High Low, and it's basically where you say the best part of your day and the lowest part of your day. You have to have a high, you don't have to have a low. Um, and we started implementing that in, um, on, like, just on crew, like, just being, having everyone go around and be like, start the day with you're high, um, you don't have to have a low if you don't have a low, um, but you have to have a high. And just like bringing that energy onto the space, um, it's... When I know where the people I'm working with are and like what boundaries I should set and push with them. Um, and another thing that we implemented was just uh, having like a crew lunch. Um, oftentimes on sets, uh, crews don't eat together. It's like lunch break and everyone basically just goes about their day. Um, and since this is a collaborative organization, like we wanted to make sure that it felt that way the entire way throughout. So, um, yeah, just, I had the idea to just eat lunch together and we all built a big old round table of literally everyone, like from director to actor, like everyone who was a part of the crew and we all just got to get, sit together and talk and talk about collaborators to just be be able to connect and really appreciate um, what we were doing together because it is important. We are sharing stories of black and brown communities that aren't often told and to do that, like you need to be able to feel that connection with the people you're doing it with, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there does seem to be just, and this happened like once with Samantha too. Um, I think the Discord servers are having a bit of a hard time. So just like, I'm going to do the preface that we should have done. I forgot to do, which is that for folks listening at home. Um, and without is, Samantha. There is just, uh, <laughs> I think, I think right, no, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Okay. Over the mic. Okay. Um, Jeez. I, we appreciate all listeners dealing with just kind of audio quality of pandemic. We are recording during the pandemic. So thank you so much for that. And thank you all so much for being so flexible with this interview. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to take a moment to say that before we continue. <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. Um, and I, I want to uh, just talk about L'Oreal just really quick with that story. And I know she cut in and out a little bit, but you know, 
to come to a table full of people who, um, you know, like our, our cinematographer was, um, he did the lighting, he did was the lead lighting for the Netflix show Easy. Um, he's doing this really great series called Born and Raised. Um, it's just gotten a bunch of grant money. It's going to be awesome. His name is Christian Mejia and he's, um, he's, you know, doing all of this great work. And for, you know, L'Oreal is this young woman to come in and say like, hey, let's all eat lunch together. He actually came to me for this film that he's making now because he really respected our filmmaking practices. And it, he, he told me that it was the best set he'd ever been on. And it made him think a lot about the way that he makes films. So, you know, L'Oreal at 1718 is, you know, talking about things that people have never thought of. Like, it seems so simple to sit down and eat together, but we don't do that. We don't do those things, particularly in filmmaking, but just kind of generally in life. And um, they make the experience for everybody so much more powerful. Yeah, for folks at home, we're actually recording with video on, which you don't always do for these digital podcasts, but maybe, I don't know if y'all noticed that Maureen and I were just kind of like smiling stupidly when we were talking about that, because that is actually something that we do. We have um, a weekly meet, like just meet up with friends, and we've been doing it digitally, and one of the things that we do is um, is Pits and Peaks. And that, Pits so and that's peaks. just really funny to me. I like that. that. It's this, it's a, the rules are very similar, too, where it's like, you have to lead with your pit. And you have to end mm. on the peak because it's like, yeah. it's this thing of, but it's, but it's important too to like build that space in that folks can speak to the things that are the hardest parts, you know, like it's, it's really easy to, I think that there's a thing that happens in community building and, and, um, I don't know, uh, group support, I guess, like that social group support where it has to always be positive. But I think yeah. that finding a way to build like room for hearing, hearing, you know, while also trying to consider like what it is to like the, the toll that it is to hear other people's worst parts of their day. I think it's an yeah. interesting, I just think that's funny that people that were like, yeah, let's, let's talk about our highs and lows. It's also a thing of like, are the, the the fact that y'all were so inclusive to think about you can have a high but you can't have a low or what i'm no, sorry no, 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 you no. can you, know what I'm saying. you have to have a high but you don't necessarily have to have a low right um well and also i think that it then again like speaks to the intimacy of the medium of like knowing where people are at and understanding that some people are just gonna have a hard time and you know maybe they're not at their best but everyone knows why and everyone knows mm -hmm. like you know, it's it's a very, you know, as Daniel said, like a very like inclusive and welcoming and environment that y'all seem to be fostering. Yeah, sometimes when we meet uh, as a collective, the highs and lows last like an hour or more, and then we're like, maybe we should talk about the film or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and they, you know, they've gotten smaller, but I think that that's how we created yeah. trust and vulnerability amongst yes. each other. And I needed that as well. You know, I was coming out of an industry where I had, uh, you know, filmmaking is not set up for vulnerability. And I think good art happens when we can be somewhat vulnerable. I mean, again, with boundaries, but being somewhat vulnerable with people like you, that's how you feel connected. That's how you can feel like you can express and make art that means something you know absolutely um i want to talk a little bit about the um the process that y'all go through to make a make a film 
with students because so I have a background in education specifically with kids in the arts mm-hmm. and one of the things that I like I've hosted like summer camps before where we you know you know over the course of the week we write a play and at the end of the week we perform it and the, one of the big things that I emphasize with them is the importance of stories having a beginning a middle and an end because uh, the way that kids tell stories is they lead with the punchline and then they just kind of riff from there. And so I'm interested. And like, so for me, like emphasizing the arc of that story is a, is like at a premium. Cause otherwise the play would just be like an extended fart joke. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm interested. I'm interested in hearing how y'all, um, work with students in creating these like nuanced films? You know, it's different every time. Um, our first film came out of that collaboration. Cry Room happened, or Cry Bathroom happened in a high low. And, you know, I went home that night and kind of wrote something off of that. And then the next meeting, we got together and we worked together to revise it, knowing that Diana and Anais were going to be the characters that that played there and making sure that those characters were in their voice. So it really became a collaboration in that way. Um, the show, you know, I'm really interested in character. I, um, and, and the show was really about, um, and I'm also interested in media that is sweet. Um, you know, it, like my films are dark, there's some swearing in them, but the, the people in them are good and have good relationships with each other. And I just, because my experience as an educator, I've been working in education for 20 years. Kids are sweet. They're sweethearts. And, you know, you might have to get through a couple of layers, but who doesn't have a couple of layers, right? Um, and so character really drove that that film. Um, and I, again, uh, did some writing on that one. And um, then we came together for, we workshopped and revised as a group. And that's an ensemble cast. There's about eight, I think it's eight different characters in that one um and then like will um made a film which i'd like him to talk about that yeah so we'll talk about your film and how that worked with whatever spectrum media uh yeah uh my sophomore year at college uh we i was just in a filmmaking course so i made a film uh a short film called little walter whispers about a queer uh teenage boy who has a secret uh youtube channel that he sort of uses as an outlet, uh, and it's ASMR, if anyone knows what ASMR is, um, which I personally watch. Well, yeah, do you mind actually t- saying what it is? I, I, yeah, we know what it is, but I go ahead. Yeah, uh, ASMR. so I made a film um, about that, and there's, you know, there's like a love interest, um, and I, yeah, I, you know, we shot it, I edited it, uh, and then I showed it to Sam, and she was like, why don't we release this as part of whatever spectrum and we can put it on our website and we can submit it to film festivals. Uh, and then through that, she taught me how to do the whole, like applying to film festivals thing, um, which was really helpful because I'd never done that before. And um, so we applied it to a bunch that we thought were appropriate, a lot of queer ones, a lot of queer festivals, I mean. Um, and then it ended up getting to four, uh, which was super exciting and you know, I've never gone into festivals before that, uh, and we hadn't. And then, yeah, after that, we released uh, the film on the website, and uh, it was super awesome. 
Yeah. Did I say everything? Yeah, so... so... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, that's so cool. The the idea of, like, taking a YouTube trend and, like, turning it into, like, a, a film. In your... In kind of, like, your experience hat, like... Do you know if there are any other kind of, like, ASMR films? Uh, no. <laughs> I've never seen... I've never <laughs> seen any, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess I'm just, like, super original. No, I'm just, um. <laughs> well, I, I was about to say I'm going to brag about Will, but he just... Yeah, I mean, I, I met Will when he was 16. And, you know, when I met him, he had a YouTube channel with his cat. Oh, <laughs> And um, it was adorable. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> um, and, um... And, you know, to see him at 20 put out this film, I mean, when I saw the film, it really blew my mind. Um, again, it's called Little Walter Aww. Whispers, and you can find it on our website. It is a brilliant piece of filmmaking, and to see someone who's 20, you know, um, make something like that is really beautiful and impressive, and a voice that we don't hear from um, in, in the industry, so it's definitely worth like, I know I get to do a plug at the end, but definitely <laughs> check that film out. It's, it's a beautiful piece of media. And I love that we, you know, YouTube is such an interesting thing because, you know, while it's doing the thing that all media does, which is getting bought out by giant corporations, there's also so much niche, you know, soap cutting ASMR videos or, or whatever it is. And I, I think that that's such an interesting space to also kind of like build film from. Right. I, could, yes. I, don't I mean, I think in my yeah, mind, it was like an escape uh, from reality. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, people can go to, uh, to just, especially if you're an outsider, you don't fit in. So that was kind of, that was really what I was going for is if you've created this sort of, because I, to, you know, to sort of calm down as a teenager, I would watch videos on YouTube before I even knew what ASMR was. Uh, it would be like someone unpacking, you know, unpacking videos, but the, the, like the you know the ASMR stuff um, made me relax. I don't necessarily get the tingling feelings that they are described, but I really really calm down. So uh, like they are, and, and also there's something really comforting about. I remember like there's one there was one video I would always watch of like of like this guy building a Lego like ship, and for some reason it was so calming to me and it was like just this like random living room and you never even, I don't even know what he looks like <laughs> but I watched it like hundreds of times because uh, it calmed me down so much um, and it was just so random and weird because uh, I don't know who he is I don't know where he lives uh, it's probably from like super long ago um, but I think that's it's just so weird that like I was find I, I was really uh, using that um, for my mental health <laughs> and this random person made it somewhere i don't know it's weird internet i would actually say that Olympics? that's one common thread in our films is there's always some some kind of addressing of mental health um mm -hmm. issues in each one of our films i mean we'll see if it's the, the film that we're doing this summer since the film we're doing this summer is documentary but i think that mental health and mental health issues are you know, something that we openly talk about within our community and, you know, some of us very openly have struggled with. So that is something that kind of goes into all of our work. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I, I, one thing I was going to say, I recommend checking out Marble Olympics. I know this is like such a <laughs> stupid tangent, but it's like very much that, I think it's like a Belgium, Belgish, Belgian, someone from Belgium 
doing just marble races in their basement. And it's that energy of just like, I just, I just love that energy. Just like few hands content, you know, like not too, not, not too many editors where something like somebody can do an annual marble race competition like like there just needs to be more yes, of that i agree um i i do definitely want to ask about the show because I, I i we haven't actually asked about it kind of like conceptually so as much as you can tell us without giving too much away um what is the show um so so the show follows rachel gill um she the students could decide to use their own names or give themselves an alter ego and she decided to use her own name and then the character is definitely inspired by her, but she is an outsider who observes um, other outsiders in the school. So you basically see her spying on this ensemble cast. Um, and it's kind of a series of vignettes. And um, there is a surprise that brings them all together. Um, and it's really ultimately a piece about um, connectedness, but also about weirdos. Um, because th I think that's the other thing that all of the young people who kind of come into the classroom and come into whatever spectrum is that everybody is, is weird. And I, I mean that in the most loving of ways. Oh. Um, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like a, a lot of a lot of weirdos kind of coming together. It's a short film. Um, the same cinematographer, um, most of actually the same um, the same crew as our first film, Rabbits. And our crews are always a combination between professional filmmakers and there are students who are interns. So a senior in high school was our camera intern. We upgraded our camera. We had um, L'Oreal. Do you remember how much they told us that camera cost? Yeah, it was like forty grand or something like that, Sam. It might like, even be more. I than think that, about yeah. that. <laughs> like my tuition, like <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what I nicknamed nice it. Thing. My tuition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and working with professionals, then they'll, they'll call in their kind of you know. Christian uh, would call in his people who you know, had worked on commercial work with him and they knew they wouldn't get paid as much, but you know, we would get hooked up because he had built those really great relationships within the industry here in Chicago. Um, and so, um, yeah, we're in post-production on that film. Hopefully Will is away on vacation with his family, but I think I'm gonna pass off the hard drive to him and he's gonna finish up the edit. Um, and um, then we're working on, and, and um, the three of us are collaborating on a new piece that we're doing this summer as well. Nice. Is that all being produced remotely? Yes. So we had got, we got uh, the D case grant, um, the individual artists program grant for the second year in a row. Our, our, the show was uh, supported by the propeller grant as well as the D case grant. Um, and we had written a script and we had plans in the works and then um, obviously that's not gonna happen. So, right. so this one, um, the, the, the idea for it at this point is, um, you know, I find young people fascinating. Um, I turned 40 this year, so I am not in the category of a young person anymore, um, but I am very much interested in learning because, you know, the cool thing about being a teacher is you get to learn. Um, and so, um, we're really approaching this piece from a place of curiosity and we're going to talk to 14 to 21 year olds, all that we have long-term connections with. Um, Diana and Anais have already signed on to be interviewed for it, who were the stars of Rabbits four years ago. Um, and it's really gonna be basically talking to them about the last four months 
Um, we're not asking any leading questions, but really talking about what it means to be young and to have experienced all that we're experiencing. And, you know, we don't know what is going to happen with that piece, but we're really kind of thinking of it as a time capsule of, of young people, particularly young people, queer people, refugees, immigrants, but these students that are part of our collaborative um, and really learning about who they are. And we'll each be interviewing different students. Um, so we're figuring out all the tech right now and all the complications with that. Um, but I'm, for me, I'm really just excited to, to learn and to hear and to understand and feel connected with other people um, through this project. That's totally the right mindset. It's a fascinating thing to be in, trying to plan, especially as a creative, future projects in the world that we find ourselves in but you just have to that energy of needing to be flexible and, and figure out you know to know that you to know this maybe the scale or the expectation of like making sure that your expectations are such that you know the amount of energy you want to put into it but not letting it get too caught up in what the outline of it is you know that's such a yeah. I, I can't figure out how else to as a person that is working to try and figure out how to talk about what it's like now, you know, like we have write articles all the time with people creating in this space. It's, it's just so hard to put into words what it is that like, what it was like a month ago is not what it's like now. What it was like in March is not what it's like now and, and what it's going to be. Who knows, yeah. you know? Well, and it's so like, I think that people documenting what's happening right now, I think that there's a certain there's a certain degree to which people are kind of like getting tired of making art about it, but at the same time we we like have to keep doing it just because like if you think back to the last time there was like a pandemic in this country, like we didn't have the same level of technology, we didn't have the same ability to like record events on an individual level that we do now and so it's kind of our responsibility to record what like how individuals dealt with living and life during this time yeah and i you know to hear from you know an introverted 16 year old who's living in government housing is not a story that we're hearing, right? And and that, right. I, I think, you know, you hear a lot of extroverted voices, you hear a lot of influencers, but I think that there's real voices that are missing. And I think like the voices of young people, voices of people of color, um, we have a couple of students who are refugees or asylees that are gonna talk on their experiences. So I am, I don't think, yeah, I don't think our experiences are gonna feel like monolithic and I'm so curious to know in it, also, like, I'm missing the connection with my students. I, I do the work that I do because those connections are, they make me feel hopeful about the world. Is like, kind of, like, corny as that sounds. It's very real. And so mm -hmm. hearing and connecting and creating a project that does that, like, feels like, um, kind of like a, like an important part of my healing process in, in this, in this time. So es Especially yeah. since we're interviewing each other, so... Uh, it's like we're all friends uh, and we all go way back uh, so it's going to be you know it's going to be uh, I think really fun for like me to interview like L'Oreal and then L'Oreal interviews me and then like I interview her and um, you know there's no pressure uh, like 
Sam said, it's very open-ended. Uh, but it's like I'm genuinely looking forward to the actual process of filming because I think it's going to be uh, like a action something we need this connection uh, with each other. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, I'm so psyched about it. Um, your your idea kind of brought up something I've been talking about, like a uh, life imitating art. Well, I asked the question: Does life imitate art, or does art imitate life? Um, and it's like this huge, big old psychological whatever question <laughs> that I'm still like thinking about. But um, I think that it, it like they're both like feeding off of each other. And in this moment that we're in now, like the reason that you can't help but make art right now is because you're seeing the life that's in front of you. And you, you like if you're creative, you have to create. And if art is imitating life, then you're you're creating from what you know. And what we know right now is this pandemic so um, I think that even like and doing what we're doing and shining like magnifying the voices that aren't often heard that aren't often um that aren't often shown to the world like I I it's such important work as Sam said like it's 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 not a I don't think it'll be repetitive in any way because it's not something that you often see yeah I'm so glad that y'all are also I'm so glad that so many people and you all are creating in this time because it does feel like, you know, and furthermore, I'm always enthused by seeing, for example, like folks that go out to protest the, the COVID numbers after that, where people are finding ways to stand up for what's right and, and to, you know, to, to be act, active, politically active. Um, but also in this moment, like those numbers are are shockingly low like the amount of people that of cases in in for protesters and because the the thing that with that and also um creating in this time is like the mechanisms of capitalism are continuing to churn like the one of the most shocking things to me this weekend was hearing about what's going on with the nba how they're like all like locked into disney world's hotels and that like the nba is still going on and they're like being separated from their families and and so it's like those things like like the the institutions are finding ways and and pushing to make their entertainment continue you know but in a way that's like trying to be more normal right and I, and i think that i think that there's i don't know it's an interesting it's an interesting thing that that you know folks that are working on in creative spaces like yours and and others that are finding ways to do it healthier and and more considerate you know well and i think you know we have to imagine new futures like i Mm -hmm. i i was you know, my therapist was like, when this thing first started, she's like, you're thriving. And I was like, yeah, I've been waiting my whole life for this shit. Let's tear this all down and let's start again. Like, you know, the thriving didn't last throughout it as we all, we've had, you know. Um, but, but initially I really was thriving because I, you know, I knew the pandemic was an opportunity to reimagine. And so I think like, yeah, I I agree. I'm so glad that people are still creating because if we're not, and if we're not reimagining, they want us to go back to normal, whatever normal was, but normal didn't serve me. I know that. And I I didn't serve (laughs) all of the people I'm closely connected with in my life. So, um, 
it's interesting to see them do these things. Like I, I didn't know the specific Disney story, but that's that's it's amazing. Wild. I just learned about it such yesterday. Such a capitalist <laughs> fever dream, disgusting. Yeah. Like, it is a, it's a fever dream. Well, yeah. It doesn't seem real, and then you see the videos of them getting like hotel meals and stuff, and you're like. What the fuck? Well, there are like there are Orlando Magic players who are like fifteen minutes from their houses, and they and can't, can't see their home. like spouses and children. It's and stuff. like it's a like, whole for it's what a whole thing for what for for basketball, right? You know, for that for, for that basketball. money, right? And so I I think yeah. that that's yeah. I really I'm so and I've never in my life heard people so openly talk about capitalism and de- dismantling capitalism, and I'm yeah. so. It's a we're thing that ready. gives me real hope, you know, because I, yeah, I've, I've been ready. I'm like, let's, let's talk about it. ready for the let's revolution. Let's re- <laughs> I mean, well, it's happening, right? Whether yep. we want it to or not, yes. you look like, I went and saw the Columbus sculpture or statue, um, you know, and a day later it was buffed clean of graffiti, right? And it's surrounded by police and dogs. And it made me think of mm-hmm. one of the students who's the other lead in the show, um, I walked her back to her house, which was right by the school, and she lives in Section 8 housing, so government-subsidized housing. And the door next to hers had nine bullet holes in it. And she had been in her kitchen, which was right next to it when those shots happened, and had to lay down on the floor. And I asked her how long they'd been there, and she said a month and a half. And so when I saw that that sculpture that they buffed, fuck 12, they buffed all that the day after that this 14-year-old girl had to witness this, and then Mm -hmm. a month and a half later, those bullet holes were were still there. And it really just, you know, it's really clear whose interests are being protected, right? And it's it's not, it's not the beautiful young people that I have connections with. Um, which is such a shame because what they offer to the world is a new reality and it's a way cooler one, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we have a few minutes left. I think that's a, a great note to end on. Um, but the last thing we do with all of our guests um, is a one minute plug for anything you have upcoming or anything anywhere you want folks to check out work that you've done or, or are working on. Um, so yeah, it's a minute for each of you. Um, and it doesn't have to be, it could also be shout outs to folks that are doing dope work or any media that you're consuming, personal, self-care, otherwise, music, movies, TV shows, things like that. Um, I can go. Um, So I think first, our our website is still a work in progress, but you can go to whateverspectrum.com and you can see Little Walter Whispers, you can see Rabbit, and you can stay updated on our new films that are coming out. The show should be coming soon. um, And we are currently working on a project that's in pre-production that, you know, hopefully will be out by, by Christmas, but who knows. Um, you can also go to facebook.com slash whatever spectrum where you can get kind of more updated news or Instagram at whatever spectrum um, and read about our philosophy, like, you know, whatever like you're supposed to do on Facebook or follow us um, just to see what you're doing, what we're doing. And if you are interested in the work that we're doing and want to collaborate, you can reach out to us um, there. Um, and then also I would suggest, uh, I am a teacher at Sullivan High School and we're working to get our local school council to vote the SROs, which are school resource officers, AKA cops out of our school. Um, but there is a great youth led organization called cops out of CPS. Look them up, 
send letters to the mayor. We need to um, stop policing young people. Education spaces are not spaces for police. And when they are, it really shows what we think our young people are capable of. And um, it's messed up and it needs to stop. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I think that's really important. Um, definitely sign these petitions that are going around to get police out of schools. Uh, contact your local officials um, with, you know, whatever issue. There's plenty. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I guess shout out definitely the Whatever Spectrum website. Uh, is beautiful. Uh, it's it's really it's really really cute. So uh, it's a really easy to navigate to, um, and there's lots of great content there. And you can read about um, us. You can see what we look like because <laughs> uh, we're cute. And <laughs> yeah, um, I think they all stug, stole my plugs. Um, so I'm just gonna remind <laughs> everyone Sorry. to register to vote. Um, so oh, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> yep, uh, sign petitions yep. for Brianna Taylor's um, yes. killers. That's, oh, yeah. yeah, shout out for whatever second. I'm very happy to be working with this group, and I'm so excited for everyone to see the work that we're doing. It's dope. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much for being on the show. This was yeah. this was so cool. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, you can definitely find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Scopy Magazine. But most importantly, do find our Discord server. That is where we have been in this time having the most luck with building a community, letting people know what we're up to, and just outright beating the algorithm in, in all social media platforms. Uh, you can also find the podcast, the one you listen to right now in most podcast places, including Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, and Radio Public. And I'm here, as always, to talk about the importance of subscribing, and now more so than ever, during our Sustain campaign. For as little as $2 a month, you can become a sustainer, and for that, you'll receive an email notification every time we post any piece of content. It is so worth it, and it makes such a difference to us. So please give it some thought. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.